Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. We are currently the Youth and Young Adults Pastors at City Point and we're so privileged to do that. But honestly, over the last seven weeks and in fact, since finding out that we were having Harlow, um, our entire perspective on life completely changed. Um, literally like every day, like the way that I thought about things, the way that I did things just honestly completely changed. And since she's here, um, everything's changed even more so. And um, it kind of got me thinking about the things um, that stay the same, the things that remain. And my title tonight is What Will Remain? Um, And, you know, I want to speak into this tonight. And I really believe this is kind of just my life message, I guess. And even more so, I'm discovering this and in no way have nailed it. I'm only 25, so I've no way nailed this. And I could come back in 10 years' time and go, don't worry about anything I said. Um, Just forget that, like burn the podcast, like just don't even worry about it. But so far, this is what I figured out in this life. Um, And and really in amongst really the last seven weeks and the last nine months having her, um, learning the things of God again, um, reading the Bible for the first time again, it feels like it's come alive in such a new way to us. And um, so tonight, what will remain? And, um, you know, I found so far that you know, having a baby that um, a lot of people find her really cute, like she's super cute, as you saw. Um, and a lot of people, you know, want what are like, oh, that's so cute. I heard like a lot of grade 12 girls here all just want to be mums and want to have babies. And, you know, you might be here and you're a parent and you know the grind of having a baby as we've just learned in the last seven weeks. And so often people are, you know, going like, oh, she's so cute, she's so amazing. And I'm like, yes, she is, and that's so nice of you. And they go off on their merry way. Like, I don't know how many grandmas we've seen at the doctors, at shopping centres, at church even, who all come up to her and are like, oh, she's got more hair than I do. And I'm like, yes, she does. Um, And, um, you know, and off they go on their way. Or, you know, people um, in, in our lives who are amazing are like, we love her, we're here for you, we'll do anything for you. But I'm like, but really, are you gonna be there like at 2 a.m. when she's completely chucking a spat and um, fussy as, are you going to be there when her poo completely explodes all over the car seat and we have to clean the whole thing down? Like, you know, it's so often um, that we've found that in this life, there are heaps of glory moments, but there's a lot of grind moments as well. We've found that in this life that I've found so far in my life that success isn't brought by the significant moments, but it's actually by stewarding the moments, by stewarding every single moment of our life. And so really quickly tonight, before we just continue to just maybe you're here and you're honestly feeling dry. Tonight, I believe that the Holy Spirit just wants to fill you afresh tonight, touch you in a powerful way. Maybe tonight you came and you've never encountered the Holy Spirit. He's our best friend. And tonight He wants to fill you for the very first time. Or maybe you're here and you've done this church thing for a really long time. Well, I know that, you know, we just honestly just never stop getting filled by the Holy Spirit. We never can get enough of Him. So tonight, that's gonna be for you as well. But tonight, I believe that success isn't success because of significance, but because of our stewardship. And to be honest, stewardship is like not really a sexy word to say, right? Like it's kind of one of those words that's a little bit like people hear that and go, oh, I'm going to check out in my mind now. But I honestly believe that our success doesn't come from moments of significance, but from stewardship. And so really quickly tonight, my three points. Number one tonight is that we steward this life. You know, we've been given this earthly tent. We've been given this moment in eternity 
that's but a blip in eternity. It's tiny. Like if eternity, just for some kind of scale, if eternity was the size of this auditorium, our time on this earth, although seemingly so significant, would be like the speck of dust in the air in comparison to the length of eternity. This life we have to steward, this earthly life, so small, so, so seemingly, you know, consuming of our whole minds and our whole worlds, yet in the scheme of eternity is just like a speck of dust in the size of this room. Isn't it crazy? Yet God has called us to steward this life. God has called us to steward this time here on earth in our earthly tent. And, you know, I really believe that, you know, as a Christian, that this life is not my own. This life is not my own. That if we as Christians, as sons and daughters of God, can live this life not as our own, then I promise you we can steward this time on earth in such a powerful and godly way, really practically. We steward this life through stewarding our priorities, our personal development and our purity. You know, no matter what age you are, through our priorities, our personal development and our purity, that's a really practical way that we can steward this life. You know, if we aren't intentional, we actually take matters into our own hands that are God's and leave up to chance what is our responsibility. But our priorities, our personal development and our purity is our responsibility. We can't leave that stuff up to chance. If you're a young person here, opportunity might fall in your lap. It might come on a silver platter, but a lot of the time it doesn't. It comes through a lot of hard work. A lot of the time it comes through actually creating priorities in your life. A lot of the time it comes through seeking out, personally developing yourself in your leadership, in your skill sets. A lot of the time it actually comes from fighting for your purity, not just your sexual purity, but purity of the mind, purity of the heart, purity of our emotions, purity of our intent, purity of everything that we do. No matter what age we find ourselves, I believe that if we can take responsibility and be intentional for what God has placed in our hands, be faithful with what He's given us, then He'll do the rest. God has called us to steward this life with conviction, not with conditions. God has called us to steward this life, this this seemingly insignificant yet significant speck of dust in the scheme of eternity. God has called us to steward this life with conviction, not with conditions. You know, we all know that um, terms and conditions are things that no one reads and everyone ticks. Yet for some reason, you know, we can purchase something, we can sign our lives away on things and honestly scroll through like six metres of terms and conditions without reading it and then sign our little lives away. Yet for some reason with the things that matter, the things that actually matter to God, we put these like weighty conditions on them instead of living from a place of conviction. We can sometimes put weighty conditions on the things that seemingly don't matter, yet for some reason we'll just happily sign every term and conditions, give our credit card details to anyone, give our you know, Medicare number, give all our details to anyone and everyone without thinking. Yet with the things of God, when God says, hey, I want you to do this with your life. Hey, I've called you to this, to be an incredible father, to be an incredible mother, to do whatever it is that He's called you to. We kind of take a step back and go, oh, but I've got a few conditions. Yet God has called us to steward this life through conviction, not conditions. When the fire of God tests the quality of our lives, when the fire of God tests the quality of your life, you know it will withstand by your convictions and your conditions will fall away. So I want to be known as a daughter of God who lived my life 
not from a place of condition, but God, from a place of conviction that when the fire of God comes, because it does, when the fire of God comes upon us, that the things that fall away are my conditions, but the things that stand are my convictions. Number two tonight, steward a culture of heaven. Everyone say heaven. Steward a culture of heaven. You know, I believe that in this life, on this earth, in this earthly tent, in this moment, that we need to steward a culture of heaven right here on this earth. Pastor Mark Ramsey, my senior pastor, he says it like this, heaven isn't our destination, but it's a place where dead Christians go. Our job in this life is to bring heaven to earth. Heaven isn't our goal to live this life so that we can behaviour modify ourselves enough to get to heaven. That's not the goal. The goal is that the moment that we're saved, that we become a son and daughter of God, that we can live our lives bringing heaven to this earth. And one day when we die, we can party together as dead Christians in heaven, right? But on this earth, in this life, I don't wanna live my entire life living my life like hell all the way to heaven. I want to live my life bringing heaven to earth. Steward a culture of heaven. You know, no matter what curveballs life throws at you, no matter what storms, and I know that we all go through very real things, very real storms come our way. When we can steward a culture of heaven, that before those moments come, we've already decided what our response is going to be. That when those things come, our resolves to steward a culture of heaven in our lives have decided our response for us before we've even gotten there. That when they come and all the stuff falls away, we all know the whole analogy of when an orange juice is squeezed, what comes out? Sorry, when an orange is squeezed, what comes out? Orange juice. So I want to know that when I'm squeezed, the things that come out are the things of the heavenlies, not the things of this earth. You know, um, last year we, we ran a youth camp. Um, we've been running it for about six years now. And we ran in this awesome youth camp. And um, it's got about now 20 um, different churches all coming together in Noosa. If you've ever come to Queensland, go to Noosa. It's the best place to holiday. It's beautiful. And, um, you know, this one week it wasn't so beautiful at youth camp. And um, it's a time where we come together, about 20 different churches. It's amazing. All different denominations. We all just put our logos aside, put our agendas aside, come together and counter God. And um, about 1,000 teenagers, which is really fun. And um, we have this old school revival tent. It's this huge white old tent that we bought off some Greek family who had it for weddings, which is hilarious. And then we got to buy it off them and um, use it for revival meetings, which is really fun. And um, we have this big tent and it's on this big field um, and, you know, a bunch of teenagers all encountering God together for four days. It's a whole bunch of fun. And um, last year, it actually like, like torrentially rained. And like, I've never seen it rain like this in Noosa, but it rained. Like in one afternoon, I cannot believe how much rain came. Like there's about 500 kids who sleep in tents and literally all their tents got flooded. Um, the cabins, which are like, you know, you pay more to get that stuff. Um, and those got flooded as well. So like every bit of accommodation on site, a thousand kids, it was completely flooded. It was a whole bunch of fun. It was a nightmare. And the best thing about it is there's no reception there. 
because we're on an island. So um, no one could tell their parents, which was really good for us. So, um, but it was a really amazing time. But um, we had this, <laughs> this debacle happen and it was the one afternoon of youth camp when our senior pastors decided to come visit. And everyone knows you don't really want like the teacher rocking up in your finest hour. You're like wanting to give them the good spread, like everything's perfect. The kids are not being rowdy at all. Um, everything's amazing. But it like possibly everything that could go wrong went wrong. The tent started flooding. All the accommodation was flooded. Um, the tent like started ripping um, and all the rain was coming in. So we had to like lift like thousands and thousands of sound gear off the floor. It was just a whole bunch of fun um, and a lot of rain. And so for Chris and I, we're sitting in a room actually having like a youth pastors session with all the youth pastors there um, and our guest speakers. And I'm like looking out the corner of my eye outside and it's like torrentially raining. Our assistant youth pastors run out. They come back about 15 minutes later and they're like drenched, like drowned rat drenched. They ran in, they're like squeezing like water out of their shirts. And we're like, hey guys, how are you going? And um, they're like, yeah, good. Um, I was like, oh, really? Um, it's raining, hey. And they're like, yeah, a lot. And they're like, everything's flooded. I was like, cool, cool. Um, and so in this moment, we had to kind of decide whether we were gonna send everyone home because literally all the accommodation's gone. Um, everything's flooded. Like the tech team just panicked, which is like classic tech team. They just panicked and then they stripped apart the entire stage and all the sound gear. No, I'm just kidding. We love the tech team. Um, but they did panic because, and we're like, it's fine. There's insurance. But, you know, they panicked and so they ripped everything to shreds. So like literally nothing could take place when it even did stop raining eventually. And so Chris and I were kind of standing there with our little umbrellas and our raincoats and our gumboots. Um, not that they were working because it was raining so hard, but um, we're standing there kind of going, we have this decision to make. Do we send a thousand teenagers home? Some have come from far north Queensland right down to, I don't even know where I'm terrible with geography, but like the border of New South Wales and Queensland, it was really far away. So between there and there, there's a lot of people here. And um, we were like, do we send them home or do we, you know, continue on with this youth camp? Because it's only day two. Um, and so we decided in that moment that, you know, a priority of this camp was that we would have God encounters. And so we're like, we're just going to figure out a way to have God encounters. Um, and, you know, our amazing guest speakers, we had a couple of them there and they were like, we can split up into rooms, we can go to connect groups. We can do all sorts of things. We had a whole bunch of people like draining out tents and lots of girls crying because they were cold and wet and all their white jeans were, you know, ruined. I'm like, why did you bring white jeans to youth camp, you idiot? But, um, you know, they were like literally like, why did you do that? Why? Like, that's just dumb. I'm throwing your white jeans in the mud for you. Like, um, and so like, it was just so silly. I was like, come on, who, whose mother let you pack that? You know what I mean? Um, and so... But um, no, just kidding. The white jeans are fine. But um, it was it was chaos. Honestly, it was chaos. But we had a had a choice to make in that moment, and we had to go. Are we going to let like the literal storm of life, and and maybe look at that and go, oh, maybe God sent the storm, and He wants us to you know close up shop send everyone home. Or we had an opportunity to go, okay, if God is on this, we can push through this. We have a godly resolve to go, we're going to have God encounters. Things are going to take place. That was a priority for us. So we're like, how are we going to make this happen? And so we actually had this secondary tent, which was like this cute little blue and white tent that honestly probably fit like maybe 250 people in it. Um, and we used it just for shade and, um, you know, eating and just activities, all those kinds of things. And somehow that night we were able to cram like a thousand people into that tent I swear it was like fishes and loaves those things those tent poles stretched like you know 
like no capacity I've ever seen stretch. But they stretched and we had, you know, extra tents on the outsides and all those kinds of things. And honestly, it was one of the most powerful nights I've ever been a part of. The power of God dropped in a way I'd never seen before. And... Um, You know it was real because when it came to the time where we had a fire tunnel, when people were falling over, they couldn't fake that stuff because they were falling in like ankle deep mud. So it was like a real fall. That was no pity fall. That was like a real fall. They were like, you know, butt covered in mud, all that kind of stuff. It was awesome. But, you know, in that moment, we had an opportunity to go, are we going to succumb to, you know, the literal storm and go, oh, let's just pack up shop. You know, God must have sent the storm because he's in control of the weather. So, you know, he he sent that and we're going to go home and, you know, just figure it out later, refund people the money. Or we could actually go in that moment, let's put all our thinking caps on, you know, make this thing happen and make sure that young people have an encounter with God. And they did. And it was amazing. And, you know, I know so much for us that if we didn't have our priorities and our resolves straight, we would have just made a really reasonable, logical decision. But because we had our godly resolves that came from a place of conviction, it meant that we were able to have a decision made for us already, that when we got there, we were able to outwork something really powerful. You know, in stewarding a culture of heaven, we actually need to get familiar with heaven. We need to know what heaven looks like. We need to get more familiar with heaven than we are familiar with earth. We need to get more familiar with heaven than we are familiar with earth. I don't want to get so familiar with the things of this earth that I actually dishonour heaven. I don't want to get so familiar with the things of this world, getting caught up in the culture of this world, what society demands of us, what political correctness demands of us, what, you know, the things of this earth are trying to grip and gripe us with. I don't want to get so familiar with those things that I actually dishonour heaven. But I want to bring honour to heaven and honour to the godly things of this uh, that He has planned for this world. That if I can steward a culture of heaven in my workplace, in my home, in my family, in my school, in my university, that I can steward a culture of heaven everywhere I go, then in that place we're going to see more of earth go to heaven. When the storms come, whether through disappointment, trial or hardship, rather than quitting, rather than leaving, rather than bailing, Would you push in and actually steward a culture of heaven in that place? Get in the slipstream of heaven for what God is breathing on your church, on your city, on your workplace, on your family. And it's really simple because if God is on the inside of you, heaven isn't the place that God lives, but heaven is inside of God. And if God is on the inside of you, then you carry heaven. And everywhere you go, you carry Jesus. You carry a culture of heaven. You just need to steward that. The more familiar you are with heaven, you'll find that relationships are about covenant and not convenience. The more familiar you are with heaven, you'll find that relationships are about covenant and not convenience. You know, covenant relationships are ones that are heavenly. They're godly. You'll find that suddenly your marriage is no longer just about your husband or about your wife and just about getting through this life so the kids can finish school or, you know, things like that. I'm so blessed that my parents are actually still together because in this world, it's pretty hard to find that, to be honest. But I'm so honoured and and privileged to actually have my parents still together after all these years, which, you know, doesn't sound um, crazy for some of you because that's a no-brainer and you live in a covenant marriage. But for some of us, you know, maybe 
maybe you're young, married, and um, you've only been married for a couple of years like we have, and you've already found yourself kind of having some trials going, I don't know if I could live with this guy. Like, I've seen him, what he looks like on the face app, and in 75 years, he doesn't look so good. Like, you know, you might have you might have seen that take place. And um, if you haven't seen that, just again, when you're asking a young person about Winter Project, they can also show you that one. But um you know, you might might be going through your early days of marriage and going, oh, I don't know, like, if I can do the long haul with this, but, or maybe you're in friendships or with your family and your family aren't yet saved and you're believing for them. Our, our relationships are all about covenant and not convenience. Fight for your relationships. Fight for the ones that matter. Outdo one another with honour. Outdo one another with honour. You know, this church, this church isn't just a crowd that you've walked into, but it's a family and it's a family who does relationship through covenant. This family doesn't do relationship through convenience. You know, this family isn't here for you only on a Sunday at 6pm, but this family is here for you, whatever you need throughout the week. That's why we have our connect groups. That's why we come together. That's why we do life together. Because our lives, our relationships are to be done in covenant, not convenience. Heavenly relationships are done in covenant and not convenience. You know, the more familiar you are with heaven, the less fragile you'll be on this earth. The more familiar you are with the culture of heaven, the less fragile you'll be on this earth. You know, it's the joy of the Lord that's our strength, not the joy of comparison that's our strength. It's the joy of the Lord. The things of heaven strengthen us. In heaven, there's no striving, only abiding. In heaven, there's no chaos, but there's rest. In heaven, there's no sickness, but there's healing. In heaven, there's no death, but there's life. In heaven, there's no anxiety, but joy. No comparison, but honour. No fear, but freedom. That's the culture that we can steward and bring into this earth. And I promise you, things that used to cut you down won't cut you down anymore. Things that maybe you used to blame on the devil for you know, attacking your life, you'll realise it actually wasn't the devil. I was just uplifting earth instead of heaven. The things in your life that used to matter to you will just fall away that, you know, maybe used to hold you back. They'll just fall away. Those strongholds, they fall away. The more that we can steward and get familiar with the culture of heaven, the less fragile we'll be here on this earth. To carry more of heaven, ultimately, we've got to let go of some things. We've got to let go of some things. It might be a mindset. It might be an attitude. It might be, you know, a disappointment. It might be something that you've carried for a really long time. But tonight, maybe your moment is to let go of those things so that you can continue to actually see more of heaven in your life right here on this earth. John 3 verse 31 to 36, it says this, The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth is earthly and speaks in earthly terms. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, and yet no one accepts his testimony. The one who has accepted his testimony has affirmed that God is true. For the one whom God sent speaks God's words, since he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hands. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into His hands. The one who believes in the Son has eternal life, but the one who rejects the Son will not see life. Instead, the wrath of God remains on Him. That's so heavy. So heavy. You know, this scripture, number three tonight, my point number three is to steward His presence. And Chris mentioned it this morning, but we so love this scripture where it says, God has given His Spirit without measure. 
and those who accept the words of Jesus, the testimony of Jesus, has the Spirit without measure. That if you accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you also have the gift of the Spirit without measure. That if any of us here have the Holy Spirit, guess what? We have an unmeasured amount of the Holy Spirit. That in this room, if there's a lot of us who are filled with the Holy Spirit, there's a heck load of Holy Ghost in this room. There is a lot of Holy Ghost in this room. Stewarding His presence. You know, His Holy Spirit was without measure where it says in verse 35, the Father loves the Son and has given all things into His hands. You know, the Son, yes, talking about Jesus, but we have this beautiful relationship with God that has been so intimate where everything Jesus has as His Son, as God's Son, God has also given us as His sons and daughters. He's given us the Spirit without measure. He's given all things into our hands. What are those things? The gifts of the Holy Spirit the fruits of the Holy Spirit. They're available to us in fullness, not in part. And I'd love if the um, keyboard could come because I'd love to just create space where we can actually encounter His Spirit tonight. And maybe for you tonight, stewarding His presence has looked pretty religious for the last 20, 30, 40 years. Maybe it's looked exactly the same for the last 40 years. Well, tonight, maybe the Holy Spirit wants you to change things up on the way that you steward His presence. Maybe it's going to look like once it looked like that chair that you've sat in at 5 a.m. every single morning. Well, tonight, maybe the Holy Spirit wants to change things up a little bit and refresh things in your walk with Him and go, hey, I want to give you a brand new wave, take you into a new place, into depths, into revelations, into a new grid that you've never experienced before. We are called not to contain His presence, not to maintain His presence, but to be sustained by His presence. The presence of God, the very presence of the Almighty God is not to just live in here, not just to be contained. It's not even just for us to maintain our own life but to actually sustain us so that we can continue to influence our worlds, so that we can, t- can continue to bring more of His heavenly, His heavenly reality onto this earth in our time in this earthly tent. The Spirit of God that qualifies us and calls us and enables us to live the, God, the life that God has created for us wants to live inside of you. The God of heaven wants to live inside of you. His holy presence, it purifies us, it changes us, it shakes us, but it brings us back together as well. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au.